Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about five topics that I think would increase your excellence in your church. So this would be specifically for church leaders, pastors, anybody who serves in the church. I think these five recommendations will drastically increase your excellence and your overall environment inside the church. I want to make a note. Anytime that we talk about the word excellence, it's almost like a, not a trigger word, but a word that some people run away from because they think that is the opposite of spiritual or creating an environment where Holy Spirit wants to work. But the reality is those things actually aren't mutually exclusive. We see in the book of Leviticus that God actually had a specific way he wanted his setting his place set for people to be able to worship in the high priest to be able to go into a specific layer that other people couldn't. So there's, there's actually a strategy in this. And today I want to give you some five very specific things that I think would drastically affect the way your environment is from a church because excellence does matter. It's the things that people see that we think they don't or they hear, we'll kind of go into a little bit of those, but there's two things that I want to highlight before we go into it. One, I'm working with a, an incredible company called Crossover, and Crossover really exists to do two things, provide the best media you can possibly provide, and on the other side of that, connect people to local churches. How cool is that? So if you're listening to this and you do not have a local church, there will be actually a form in the show notes that you could click, fill out the form, and in seconds you get connected to a local church. So we have over 2,000 church partners, I believe, that may be in your area. So click the form. And if you are a creator listening to this and you think, man, that would be cool if I had a landing page to be able to send people to connect people to local churches, that would be also just as incredible. So fill out the form, get connected. And the other thing, if you are a church leader, Maybe you're a pastor, a, a young adult pastor, whatever, and you're saying, hey, I really want to upgrade my teams, maybe upgrade the way that I bring in guest preachers or guest worship leaders. There's some incredible resources I'm going to put in the bio and then also in the show notes. So you could click. It's from Stephen Webb. If you don't know who Swebb is, he is an incredible leader, served at Elevation for a long time, kind of helped them scale up multiple locations. I've had him on the podcast. I'm going to have him on again soon, and we'll talk about that. But these resources are incredible. And again, I post on my story, but you spend $500 going to a conference hoping to meet somebody to possibly get coffee and connect with somebody. Why don't you just spend $179 on a course and actually get the meat of the people that you're trying to meet, which is Sweb. I mean, he's incredible. So click that. Check it out. It would mean a lot to me if you would check out his resources. So. Like I said, kind of the highlight topic is excellence. And I'm going to give you five just basic recommendations that I think will benefit your environment. So topic number one, a recommendation number one anyways, what atmosphere are you setting with people's ears? So I just had a conversation with somebody this morning, but are all of our senses get engaged no matter what room we walk into? When people walk into your church, they actually experience something with their ears and to kind of go into it think about this they drive to the parking lot they get out they get out of the parking lot all the way to the point of them leaving and going back home after church how many different sounds they hear 
And that sounds so weird, right? But it actually matters because you're cultivating an environment. So what, what atmosphere do we want to set? From the parking lot to the kids, to the auditorium, your guests are hearing something. Think about this. What music are you playing? Outside, inside, in the lobby, in the kids area, in the bathrooms. There's always something that we can help produce and set an expectation to. My recommendation would be, what does your city sound like? I have friends that have a downtown church in a downtown environment. They're probably going to have more upbeat, culturally relevant, not crazy music, but it can do just the instrumentals, just the beats, whatever. Our youth ministry at the church we go to, they have rap music and it's fun. But no matter what, the I would recommend that it would be the same playlist. Play it on everything because it's always weird when you're like outside and there's like creepy worship music going on. And then you walk in and there's a different, you're just like constantly changing people's expectation and sensory because it actually affects the way we think in our psychology. Hence, most people cannot listen and read at the same time because it's just, it's distracting. I'll say that. So if you have music in your playlist or in your free service, like in the auditorium, that's super distracting, change it. You can change it. I would recommend that. Not just music though. Think about this. How are people communicating from the parking lot, from the streets to the seats, say it all the time, from the streets to the seats, how are people engaging them in conversation? What are they hearing out of your team's voices? The worst thing we can do is just assume that everybody knows what they're doing. And we'll kind of go into that, the next recommendation, but think about this. I'm a guest. I hear it's Father's Day. I'll use this as an example. I hear Happy Father's Day. Four times outside, three times from the worship leader, two times from the MC, four times from the lead pastor, and like two at the end MC. It's like, dude, we've had enough Happy Father's Day. It's a little too much. And we need to prepare for that, right? You need to be clear with your team on what they should be communicating. Have some guidelines. It's not bad. It's not bad to have guidelines. It's not bad to have boundaries. Help each team understand what they should be communicating to guests, to people, because if everyone is saying different things, it's going to be confusing or the worst case scenario, nobody's saying anything because they don't know how or don't know what to say. So never assume, always resource, do the best you can with that. In the production, obviously, worship music, people want to hear, this might be offensive, I'm going to say, people want to hear quality. Like people who don't know Jesus are coming into church and they're expecting quality. They're saying, hey, man, I, I hear good stuff on the radio. I'm taking two hours out of my time. So maybe it's time to let that worship leader just take a season off like, or pay for their music lessons or whatever. W what we do is we always just say, oh, man, you're just gifted in it. So we're going to throw you on a platform. It's like, well, you can be gifted and not be on a platform, you know? So let them, let them train, let them work on it, and then let them put them up there and give them some reps in. Topic two, recommendation two, does your team feel prepared or panicked? This is a big one for me. What we do oftentimes is we expect people to understand what we're saying or expect people to know what we want out of them. And the reality is people don't. And the worst leader is the person who gets mad at you for not doing something, but they never told you to do so. That's why I can't stand when people say, well, they just never did this or they didn't 
do what I said to do. And the reality is it's, no, you didn't lead them well enough to do so. So does your team feel prepared or panicked? Many times we expect communication to happen on Sundays. And if you're only communicating on your team on a Sunday, you're losing. They should be getting many communication pieces, whether that be via email, text, Slack, whatever communication piece you use, group text, how it, whatever works for them. It's not about you either. Whatever works for them, create an environment where they all can work together. It's a team. But they need to hear from you way before Sunday. I would, I would recommend this communication rhythm. Sunday afternoon, highlight a team or something that you saw to the whole team to get their expectation of like, man, I really just made a difference in somebody's life. Hit them with a Slack or a text on Tuesday. Thank them for serving. Say you're the best. Do whatever you got to do. Thursday or Friday, put the expectation put the expectation into their mind and heart about Sunday, about the expectation of what's going to happen. Do not text people on Saturdays. That's their day off. That's their Sabbath. Or, I mean, everybody, that's their Sabbath because they don't get four days off like most church leaders. So do not text them on a Saturday. Text them on a Friday. Give them that 24-hour, 36-hour time frame to think about it. Set the expectation in their heart. Maybe send them a video on Slack or the group text is praying over the Sunday or highlighting somebody specific that you're thinking about inviting and share it with them. But the reality is people need these three things. They need to be on time, they need to be engaged, and they need to be prepared. So on time, there's a call time. Be specific with it. And don't let people get away with being late four times in a row. Like You need to be on top of that because what you allow in one is going to happen to everybody. And the reality is it's not their fault. You're the leader. They need to be on time. They need to be engaged. When you're there, be there. Wherever your feet are, be there. So the people who maybe had a bad week, maybe they're going through something, hey, take the Sunday off. Don't serve. That's okay. We love you regardless. It doesn't matter what you do. It's actually even better to be able to come and just soak in worship, rest, get refreshed, get healed, do whatever you got to do. Be prepared. You need to come in. Worship leaders, no notes. Stop reading the notes on a Sunday. Know your songs. If you don't know songs, don't lead worship. Like That's your job. Um, whoever's preaching, be prepared. Come in prepared. Come in ready because you are have an expectation of there's people coming in to not only hear from God, but to hear from you. So be prepared. That's our recommendation number two. Recommendation number three, be good at three things. Don't be bad at 10. Be good at three. So be great at three things. You don't need to be great at 50 things. You don't need to be great at 10 things and stop trying to fit the mold of a church of 10,000 and a staff of 200. If you're a church of 200 and a staff of two, great. Allow that to be that. Don't put the expectation on your team, on your staff, on yourself to do the things that a church of 20,000 is doing. And it's not bad. It's not better or worse on either side. What you're doing is being obedient and stewarding the people you have. Because when you're copying other people, you're not doing well with people you're doing because you're trying to copy and paste people and people are different. People are hard and each city's different, each town's different, each zip code's different. So what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is you don't need to do 50 events a year on top of Sundays if you're a staff of five, of a staff of 10 maybe. You don't need to do 50,000 extra things. You don't need to do two midweeks. You don't need to do a Saturday service and three Sunday services and 
city serve every week and then expect small groups to be every week and what you're what you're doing is you're just burning out people and you're also not being effective what i what i would recommend is if it doesn't funnel to a sunday don't do it i'm not saying you shouldn't do it in 10 years i'm not saying you shouldn't do it in 2 years what i'm saying is today you're burning out your people what i would recommend is think through this does it funnel to a Sunday service? So a youth, for instance, youth service. If the goal of youth is just to have youth, to have another church service for people to come in, hear four songs of worship and a message, and there's no intention of getting them on a Sunday, don't do it. And I know that could be offensive to you, but... What I'm trying to do is prevent you from burning out your team because what you're doing is just adding services. You don't need to have 10 services a week if you have a church of 300. It doesn't make any sense. Have two services and funnel everything to Sundays. If the Sunday message isn't relevant for a 12-year-old, it shouldn't be relevant for anybody because they're a person. They're in the real world. They're not the next generation. They're today. They're alive, so they can lead today. Whole nother conversation, but... They're not the next generation. They're not people who are just like side chicks to humanity. They're real adults because they lead and they're alive and they're dealing with things that we would have never dealt with because of the internet. That's not bad. We're not going to complain about it. We're going to provide solutions. So be good at three things. Be really great at worship on Sundays. Be really great at small groups and be really great at hanging out with your team. That's fine. Just do those three things. Don't do 10 things. Do 50 things. Because like I said, you're burning out your team, you're hurting your team, and you're hurting yourself. Recommendation number four. Communication from a platform should be thought through. Yeah, sounds pretty general, but the reality is most churches do not do this. Think about, and I'm not just saying messages. We'll talk about that. That'll be a part of this. But think about this. You have a team rally. You have an MC moment. You have an offering message. You have a message. You have worship leading. You have worship leaders doing transition moments. You have worship leaders doing Holy Spirit message moments. You have post-service MCs. You have anytime there's somebody on the platform and they're holding a microphone or they have the like ear microphone, which is fine, whatever, do whatever whatever you got to do. But it needs to be thought through. The worst thing that can happen is to... No, you know what? I'll just say this. We know when you're not prepared. We can tell. Everyone in the room can tell that you're not prepared. Everyone can tell you're just rambling. And do not be that person. I'm not anti-script. I think scripts actually do help. I told my friend this morning, I think like a sentence that would help you is a freedom within a framework. So create a framework. Hey, these are the three topics that we absolutely need to hit on. And the MC moment, please do this. Make it your personality. Do what you got to do. Here's a script if you don't know what to say. Similar to cold calling, right? You're calling people. You're calling businesses. If you don't have a plan, hey, Jim, what's up? Nothing. Cool. Can I talk to you? No. It's the same thing. People are coming into church. They want to be engaged. They want to have fun. They want to be talked to. They want to be talked with in a conversation. And if you're just coming in hoping that God's going to give you a word every Sunday, it's not going to work because he should be she should have been giving you words six to six other days. So be that person. If you're doing a team rally and you're like doing a culture moment, don't ramble 20 minutes about your week. It's not the goal, right? And that's another part of this too. Like set, set a goal 
an expectation of each of these moments. One of the biggest frustrations on the planet was when worship leaders just ramble on stage. It's like, dude, if we wanted you to preach, you would have been scheduled to preach. You're there to sing. Similar to a preacher isn't going to be singing four songs in the middle of his message. That's just kind of weird. Know, know your role and know what the expectation is. And listen to your lead pastor. If you're a lead pastor, set the expectation and roles. Make it clear. On offering messages, if it's a five-minute message or it's a 30-second message, what is the goal here? And proper theology, obviously, is a big thing, too. It's just always interesting to hear different personalities. And again, these are just recommendations. Everything I'm saying is a recommendation. So take it, consider it. If it's not something you like, cool, move on. That's great. This is, like I said, the podcast is called Conversation. So I'm just having a conversation with you listening. Please don't take this as absolutes because it isn't. It's just my recommendations of things that I've seen across the church. So communication from a platform absolutely needs to be thought through. If you are a communicator listening to this, it is not bad for you to have notes. It is not bad for you to practice. It's not bad for you to rehearse. All those things are beautiful and they should be because God will honor that. God honors your practice. What you do in private will always be magnified in public. Be that person. Go the extra mile. Know your notes. Know your transitions. If you're a worship leader and you have a transition moment, the pastor is giving you three minutes to share what's on your heart. Know what you're going to say. Have something in the back of your mind. And if God wants to shift your heart and shift your mind two minutes before, great. That's awesome. But if you have nothing, you're just kind of like a ghost. It's not going to work. Because like I said, people are aware of your unpreparedness. I'll just say that. So please be a thorough leader in communication. Recommendation number five, and this will be the last one, and then we'll kind of recap here. Host a Sunday walkthrough three times a year. And that's super random, but you you have new team onboarding. You have new service flows. You have new expectations. You might personally have new ideas. And what you need to do is host a Sunday, maybe early at 7 a.m. before church or maybe after and say, hey, next Sunday, this is going to be implemented. But have your whole team from literally the parking lot all the way through a full service run through, post service run through, and then do it one more time and then do it in kids. Everyone on your team should know exactly what the service should feel like, the exact time when service kicks off, when the doors open. When the worship leader starts to sing, when the pastor comes up, what should I do? Do I stand up in this church? When when we read scripture, do I stand up? Should I bring my Bible? Should I just have my phone? Should I bring a notebook? Should I have a pen? Are you going to prepare me for a pen? All these things are decisions that you need to make that you're creating an environment. And your team should be following whatever you want to be cultivated. So if you want an intro video where people come in and they're clapping like the the Hillsong vibe. I think it's really fun and cool. And what you notice is everybody knows when the, the thing kicks off, when the intro video kicks off, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to clap, I'm going to talk to my friend, we're going to laugh, we're going to have fun. And what that does, it sets a spirit in the room of joy, of fun. Like, hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to let my guard down and have fun. Or maybe you're a very orthodox, hey, suit and tie. This is what we do. That's okay too. That's not bad. Don't feel shameful about that. Just allow your team to know exactly what you want out of them and make it clear. Say, hey, this is the expectation. If you're serving in the parking lot at 9.07, that's the time where you need to 
go back in, put the parking cones away, and go into service. Go sit. If they don't know that, they don't know what they don't know. So do a service run through. Even better on top of that, do those three a year. Make a video. Have your videographer literally walk with you and explain each moment. Because if I'm on the worship team, I should know how many cups of coffee is being served every Sunday, where the toilet paper is in the sanctuary or the bathroom, whatever. Everyone should know because we're all a team. And if there's only two people in the whole church who know what's going to happen on Sundays, probably what's happening if you're listening to this going, yep, that's me. 50 people are going to come up to you and ask you questions. I recently witnessed a person walk into a church service, go to the pastor, pull the pastor out of the service because they needed a bottle of water. It's like, I think we should just know where the bottle of water is. Just, just go get the bottle of water. Just make it clear. Have like a note or something. But they need to be over-communicated too. And what I'll say about this last recommendation, and then we'll recap all five, document everything. Every single thing you talk about, every leadership meeting, every staff meeting, every expectation, all of the things that are processing, it's not just like cool ideas. Now it's actually a plan and it's documented. And other people can now take this and have it in a drive. You can share it with your team. Everything. There's no secrets, right? Of course, there's confidentiality in some meetings. I understand that. What, what I'm saying is anything that produces services or worship experiences or whatever you call it or leadership nights or whatever needs to be documented and formatted because businesses do this, right? The CEO is not going to be CEO forever. The general manager is not going to be the GM forever. It's going to be somebody else coming in. And if they don't have anything to read, there's no videos, there's no records, there's no data. You're kind of setting up the next person in line because if you're a leader, you should have somebody ready to go like today. They're going to be set up for failure. And we don't want to set people up for failure. We want to set people up for success and more information, more context, more clarity, more expectations, the better. Because we want to set people up to know that they're winning. Many people who are serving in the church do not know they are winning. We need to, like I said, communicate. And allow them to understand you are winning. And on the other side of it, here's a bunch of documents, a bunch of videos, a bunch of maybe unlisted YouTube videos. Watch these 10 videos to understand the culture of the environment we're setting. All that stuff is brilliant because you're setting people up for success and they can leave on a Sunday going, man, I crushed today. 20 people got connected to our team for next week because I knew my role. I knew my assignment. Okay, they understood the assignment. So recapping here, recommendation number one, what atmosphere are you setting with people's ears? What are they hearing from every single second of that service or experience? Recommendation number two, does your team feel prepared or panicked? Remember on time, engaged, prepared. Over communication is best case scenario. Don't be the person who doesn't communicate to your teams. They don't, they can't read your mind. They're not mind readers. And if they are, that's creepy, right? Recommendation number three, be good at things. Be good at three things. Don't be good at 10. Like I said, don't stop copying and pasting other models. It doesn't work. We need to be the people who understand our zip codes, our environments, and funnel it into a Sunday service. By the way, the youth thing, 
what you should do. This is kind of my recommendation for that because I kind of hinted at a, a problem in the youth ministry world that here's a solution. Copy and paste the Sunday service literally from the start to finish, but change the language to youth, like what they understand, and then funnel it into Sundays, like make Sundays the win. Don't count youth attendance as a win. Count youth attendance on a Sunday as a win. All, everything, all the wins should be Sundays because they're going to be 18. They're going to graduate and they're not going to go to church because they were, they didn't know what church was. They just went to a youth program. So funnel them into Sundays. Recommendation number four, communication from a platform should be thought through. Don't be a rambler on the pulpit. That's not honoring to God, nor it is for the people. So last recommendation, host a Sunday walkthrough three times a year or more. Do it as often as you need. Do a video, do a back-end YouTube channel for the people onboarding. Whatever it is, we want to set people up for success. Looks like I want to set up you for success. So these are five recommendations. Thank you so much for listening to this. Like I said, the two awesome resources we now have. Number one, you want to find a church near you. Click the link in the show notes, fill out the form, and in literally in seconds, you will get connected to a church in your area. And two, if you want, if you want additional resources, if you want additional information from a person who is seasoned and has done it, Sweb, check out the links. All of the different courses are going to be listed. Click them, buy them all, do it, invest in your church, invest in yourself. It is absolutely a necessity. So thank you. Like and subscribe this podcast. All the things everybody says that we, because we want to continue to put this podcast out. We're going to have conversations with guests. And then I'm also going to do some solo pods to be able to just talk to you. So thank you so much for listening to this. Stay tuned. We have some awesome guests coming up soon and we'll chat soon.